Tuesday, November 8th, the day after Election Day, um, which is good timing to have a mommy city council person on, uh, Margo Puffenberger. Uh, her and I have become quite friendly through another friend over the last couple of years, and Margo will be by shortly as there were some contested uh, council seats in Maumee. There will be a new mayor. There's a mayor-elect. There was some drama about some nasty mailers that were sent out, and uh, the vitriol of, of big-time politics made its way into Maumee with the rental ordinance, but also an update about where things are with a reimagining of Uptown and buffets or actually one buffet but um to finish out or to put a a dot on the exclamation point of yesterday's conversation with alex um as i suspected issue one uh here and that same type of uh of issue in other places was routed pretty handily i think it was at 57 percent to 43 percent of of the vote and this just goes back to Last year, that that whole Kansas situation where they were basically the first one in a post-Roe v. Wade overturned world where that's a very red state and um, trying to be more restrictive when it comes to uh, abortions and making that very personal decision. Uh, whether it's emotional, financial, whatever it is, all of those things woven into one very challenging personal decision. Uh, it was routed in a very red state. And I'm guessing, I, I don't like to blindly estimate, but I would guess in at least 40 states, uh, if there are similar issue one type proposals, the outcome will be the same in all of them. Um, this was something that the majority of American people were fine with. But uh, a very extreme sect of people uh, wanted to take us back in time. But the majority of Americans were, again, fine. They wanted to leave rules in place. Nobody was clamoring for an eight-month abortion or anything like that. Everyone was literally just fine. F-I-N-E. And I don't think people even now have correctly estimated how big that was last year. You have pulled people off the sidelines who might never vote because they don't care about city council stuff. They're okay with potholes. They just don't want to get involved in politics. But the way this shook the core and was almost beyond politics. It pulled so many people off the sideline. And if they continue to run this issue one type thing across the country in different states, it's going to get routed in just about every single state. In the same way that Democrats almost always win the popular vote when it comes to the presidential election. And then I can do an electoral college rant from right there. Um, I will not name names. Uh, there was a lot of inertia uh, Toledo City Council remained the same, much the same in, in Maumee. Um, BG had their school levy passed. And to juxtapose that against Perrysburg not having their school levy passed, from what I can see, BG continually held uh, open houses, tours of the school, Q&As. Like, it seemed like I was I was using the same article over and over again, but it was uh, the mayor, whoever else, superintendents, just saying, ask me questions. What do you want to know? And they got that levy passed. Uh, conversely, Perrysburg, where uh, they have kind of an authoritative 
um, superintendent, who I know a lot of people think very highly of. But I can remember back a couple of years ago when in late summer of what, maybe 2021 or maybe it was 2020, said, we're going back to class. Uh, we still didn't know enough about uh, the virus at that time. And guess what? They did not go back to class as as he had, um, as he'd uttered. Um, the words were that these kids were, kids were going to have to go to school in shifts uh, in Perrysburg. They'd be in trailers in just a couple of decades uh, learning. Um, more aggressive, a little, little scarier as opposed to the open arms of, of the situation in BG where they just said, ask whatever questions you want, rather than telling people, this is the way it's going to be if you don't do that and that. You know, th- threats don't always work well. What is it? Uh, more flies with honey than than that saying. Also, something else I gathered again, not to, to name names specifically here, but it is really, really hard to get under 40-somethings, family people, family first, second, and last, going to Target first, second, and last. It's really hard to get those people involved in politics, unless there's like a Supreme Court overturn. For the most part, those people complain about potholes, but they don't have the time to attack the city or whoever to get things like that change. They, I think they just hope that things will get better. Um, enough people will create a course to change things in their direction. They don't have time to participate civically. And if you're going to target those people, I think it's going to be really, really, really hard to get them out of their very busy daily lives to get them to vote. And that might be why there were some of the outcomes there was last night. Um, let's, oh, buffet. Perrysburg, going back there. Um, it was on the old morning show. I was like, is there a Mexican buffet anywhere? I've never been to a Mexican buffet. And I was told about Cocina de Carlos in Perrysburg. Um, the times I had been there was not the lunch buffet. They had the buffet. I had gotten other things. I think it's the God spicy mango fajitas. One of my favorite dishes in my 10 plus years of living here. But I believe the Cocina de Carlos Mexican buffet enchiladas everything, nachos, chips, tacos, uh, fajitas. It's all back 11 to 2, I think Tuesday through Friday. I don't know what the cost is, but I have never been to a Mexican buffet before. I get made fun of by my very close friends for eating chicken over salad every day. I will reiterate the reason why I do that. I have very bad portion control. My discipline when it comes to ingesting things, it's either all or nothing. I eat salads because I can load up a giant bowl with vegetables, put some chicken on top, and and it is a huge heaping portion, but the calories are little because it's carrots and cucumbers and green peppers and lots of lettuce. Um, But if you unleash me on a buffet, (laughs) um, I will have to buy like extra big sweatpants to be taken out of that place. Uh, let's dive into a conversation with Margot Puffenberger. Has been a, become a, a nice friend over the last couple of years. I appreciate what she's able to share with me about what what's happening in Maumee and some of those things I can relay to you. She always wants to hear from people that she serves. That's at the very end of this discussion, but let's start it now. It's her second visit to this little thing, but first time in the studio. Uh, yep. A big round of applause for Margot Puffenberger. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming by. 
Yeah, no problem. Uh, in the wake of the election, uh, election day, it was a busy time in Maumee, but we won't talk much about that. When yeah. we first chatted a couple of years ago, I think it was near the beginning of the reimagining of, uh, of Uptown on, on Conan. Yep. Um, where here on Wednesday, November eighth, is that project? I know something. Some parts of it were were winding down, but there's still some yes. ways to go. Yes. So I think yesterday it was. Um, we had the arrival of our first um, base that's going to be going over Conant Street, the first arch. So that is sitting in the vacant uh, Monette's property that they've been kind of using as a staging ground for all mm-hmm. the construction. So that's really exciting. I hear that's going to go in um, as you're coming from Perrysburg over the bridge, that first set of pedestals for the first arch. I think we have like five of them. So this is one of five. Um, for people that, that didn't hear and, and they just wanted to yell whether they were mommy residents or people going back and forth, like you didn't even, you don't even live there, but yeah. it's on your commute. Um, what, what, why was this done? The whole project in general? Yeah. Uh, well, so mommy really needed a facelift, one of the reasons. Um, we, as everyone knows, we have the water sewer problems, and we are a very old city, and so a lot of the water sewer infrastructure needed worked on, um, and we wanted to, um, to road diet, essentially, our uptown area, which used to be two lanes of traffic um, going in both directions with one uh, one set of on-street parking to the west, on the west side of the, of Conant, um, and we wanted to road diet down. We that and So the way that was set up, we never had any left-hand turn lanes, so if you mm-hmm. wanted to turn left... You had to um, wait. Yeah, you had to go, well, you had to go to Broadway or you had to turn at the trail. Um, so you could not turn after that. So it was kind of like we had a tunnel. Once you got into Uptown area, you could not turn off to any side streets. So any businesses on those streets, you know, unless the people were turning right, no one could then take a left onto their street to get to their business. So changing it to on-street parking, parking on both sides allowed to have this nice buffer for anyone walking on the sidewalks. Um, allows more on-street parking, which hopefully will lead to less having having to have the need for a lot of surface parking lots. Um, and then it allowed us to get a center turn lane so people can you know turn left, right, whatever, to get to the side streets to those businesses. But then also allowed us to narrow lanes um, and just have one uh, lane of traffic going either directions, and which decreased our amount of truck traffic, which mm-hmm. is great, especially with Mommy being kind of right between the two Amazon facilities that came in on Reynolds and the one in Rossford. Um, we always got a lot of truck traffic, which made it really difficult to sit out and have meetings outside of, say, Georgette's or Brew House. Um, it was really loud. So it's nice. We've cut down on a lot of truck traffic, um, and traffic is still flowing pretty well. We're going to get more improvements once, obviously, the construction is completed, um, but we are supposed to be getting some sort of AI technology light timers Mm -hmm. um, that will be able to sense when the car is sitting there or a person sitting there, and it will be able to, excuse me, adjust itself so that certain times of the day when there's more traffic, it can, you know, adjust the timing then. And we don't have to worry about um, the trail because before it's like, 
I guess something with the trail and the light at the trail in Conant, we had to keep keep it at a certain timer to kind of go with the flow of traffic all the way to Toledo on the trail. So we couldn't really adjust that one. Um, so these lights kind of be able to automatically adjust themselves um, will allow us to have better kind of flow in uptown without having to worry about the trail light. Um, and before, the city would literally have to go out to the light, <laughs> manually reset it to be able to change the timing, and now it can be done come, kind of from afar and learn itself. Technology from 2009 is a wonderful thing, yeah. right? Because that, I mean, <laughs> I think everybody is familiar with with timed lighting and yeah. smart lighting and how it can adjust itself. Yeah. So this will all flow much better. Um, I know wanted to make it, we wanted to make it more walkable downtown yes. uh, for for businesses. Have yes. have business owners who have been through all of this have they been for the most part pretty satisfied? Yeah, it seems like it. I know um, I'm on Mommy Uptown Business Association. Um, I'm a graphic designer in the area, and I've been a part of that group. And when I first started there, they were they had all done a letter of support to the city for the updates. And you know, I've heard other businesses talk about how they've seen an increase in pedestrian traffic and just a lot more people downtown. Um, and people at the chamber, same thing. Um, seeing a lot more people walking around. Um, and I know. I enjoy walking down there a lot more now because I don't have traffic speeding by me because you have that kind of buffered area. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously we're still in the middle construction. We're still constructing the side streets. We didn't get those all finished this construction season. So we'll be doing at least um, like West Wayne is one of them that still needs done, which has a lot of shops and businesses along it. Um, That's going to need to be done next year. So we're still going to be, you know, dealing with some of the construction, but, um, like I feel like overall, it, it seems to, we seem to be having some positive positive feedback. But you know how it is in the middle of construction; people have sure. a hard time keeping an eye on the price. Exactly. <laughs> it's how wonderful it's going to be when it's done. And most of the people like don't even live in Maumee. Like you live in Perrysburg or somewhere else. You're just right. you're just dry. We're letting you use this this road so you can get to and from. Let yes. me ask you a bit of a tough question, and I'll ask you to okay. speak for I guess the outgoing mayor Carr and yes. Patrick Birch, the administrator, who we can touch on briefly. And I know you want to. I will let you rant on that awful situation. But okay. first, is there anything as a council person? Is there anything that you guys look back on? And yeah, like I'm asking you to speak for your, your council members and the mayor <laughs> and the, the administrator. Is there anything you look back on and go, we wish we would have done or said this differently over the course of this project? Um, well, I find it very hard to speak for everyone, <laughs> first of all. Um, I will mostly speak for myself. Um, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Sure. I mean, there. I would say the biggest thing with kind of like how, from my point of view, like how it was um, rolled out, if we we tried to do more education with having um, Charles Marone from Strong Towns come in and educate a little bit more, kind of like the premise, the purpose, like the vision behind street diets like this, um, this past May, um, I feel like, you know, maybe that would have been better to do like more towards the beginning of the project sure. so people can just kind of get a bigger, better understanding of the vision. Um, but, you know... Now it's now is better than never, and we're also we have our our master plan RFP out, um, RFPQ. So we're going to be getting a nice plan for the city that everyone can access. So I mean, I guess it's kind of what I've always you know told told Patrick and told the mayor um, is that you know I feel like the plan is very important. So I feel like having that plan out there that we can give people is better than having to kind of react to it. Um, 
So I, I, I understand the reasoning of kind of getting it going and letting people see like, you know, what can happen um, with this renovation and how it can bring the the economic development, the business development, the businesses in. Um, so I get why they kind of rolled it out the way that they did. But um, I feel like we need to get some more kind of education in there, like moving forward, which we will do with the community input with the master plan for future projects because they have a lot going we have a lot going still can you talk about any of the businesses uh that may be coming or planning to come to uptown did the uh melting pot type place open from the levi and lilac people but it's soon good um anytime now so the outside's been done for a while and the interior sounds like is moving along anything Um, else you can maybe hint at as to what's coming well i know i know uh that the mayor has put out there that we're supposed to be getting a culver's okay it's that's out there over by where dino's is which that will be interesting but the city administrator has taken a lot of time to go through that plan and make sure that we can properly handle the traffic that kind of goes through there um we're getting Chick-fil-A out, Dussel, which is everyone knows about and is obsessed with. I'm a vegetarian, so I don't <laughs> I don't get as excited. But they do have good waffle fries. Um, but, I mean, those are a couple ones. And um, there's a development. We have an illustration out um, for the corner of uh, the trail in Conant. So, like, the southeast corner of the trail in Conant. Um, that's that parking lot in the Fifth Third building. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a development with a few different things. I don't think it's all been settled, kind of what that's going to be. Um, so, not too many specifics. That's, like, the one thing that... I'm never allowed to talk about. <laughs> I get it. Um, let me go back to to the city administrator thing. Uh, yeah. I'll, what's the short version of what happened and why you rightly uh, had had a, a a word with people in Maumee for going over a line? I mean, they were just attacking him personally for no good reason. I mean, it a nasty was, a nasty mailer was sent out, right? Yes. And, and along with just kind of, I mean, it's been it's been constant. I mean, you know, social media posts, um emails, mailers, I mean, you name it, people looking up his family members on LinkedIn. It's it's been constant. Um and, you know, it's all stemming from the rental ordinance. Right. So it, it always, it felt like to me, um, since, you know, that had passed and through the course, they realized the, the candidates that the candidates that were running would m- mostly have a conflict of interest and couldn't really do a whole lot with the ordinance once they got quote, whether if, if they would have gotten on council. Um, so I feel like it just became a tack on him to get him out of his position. But what I never really understood is that, I don't know the, I don't understand the thought process of getting him out of his, out of his position because they don't like the the vision or the kind of path forward that the city's taken because I know myself one of the members of council and many of the other council members if not all of them do like the vision that we're going that we're we're going on right now so I I don't see one person leaving changing it right how long, <laughs> how long have you been on council it's my second year. Um, how long have you been, would you say, like civically involved with, with um, goings on in, in Maumee? Well, so I, uh, 2018, I started um, trying to encourage the city to do a master plan. <laughs> so that's why getting this RFP, RFQ out is pretty important to me. Is this the first time you could say the things got really, really testy like this, which is unfortunately not uncommon across the country now? Yes. So, I mean... I would say like this level of viciousness is the reason why I was mostly 
not uninterested, but made a point not to get too interested in politics in general because that kind of thing is yeah. just not my cup of tea. Um, but then when I started getting more involved in my community, and that was always national level kind of stuff, not to say that's right, but it was still, it was kind of like far removed. Um, but then when I started getting more involved, I saw, and I and I read a couple of Barack Obama's books, I thought, okay, well maybe I could do something <laughs> like this. And I considered, that's why I considered and decided to run for council. But then with this rental ordinance, it just became all that national level nastiness. Like, I mean, it's just nothing but lies and misinformation. And it's, people really take no thought into like what they're doing to others, one, and two, whether what they're saying is accurate or not. I mean, they just put it out there and the more they say it, I guess it becomes true versus... It's, it's, it's decibels, not facts in some ways. Can you explain briefly that the rental ordinance and where this all came from? Um, well, I... It's it's been a combination of things. Um, it was something that I know I was interested in a few years back, um, just because I always saw it like as a way to just make sure that your housing and building stock don't get to the point that you're tearing things down. Um, so I always saw it as a proactive measure. Um, and this is just about bringing certain rental properties up to a certain code, which is pretty common right. around the state, right? Right. Yeah. Northeast Ohio has a lot of um, registries and inspection um, pilot, like ordinances uh, around Cincinnati. They have a lot as well. Um, so the whole idea is just to make sure that it's up to a certain level of health safety standards that's required by the state of Ohio anyways. So it's just giving kind of the local municipality um, better abilities to be able to enforce those and make sure that they're living up to that. Because when it comes down to it is, you know, making sure the tenant is in a safe situation where, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, whether the landlord has given them good reason to or not, they might feel like the position that they're in, that they're worried that, you know, they won't be able to live there anymore and they don't have any other place that they can go to to stay within Mommy City Schools because Mommy yeah. Schools are great. Um, so it's just making sure that doesn't happen. But one of the reasons why it did happen when it did is, you know, it sounds like the mayor was always interested in kind of doing something like this. Patrick had experience um, working with this sort of thing up in Jackson, Michigan. Um, but then we had an issue or two over the holidays this past year in which a tenant had a horrible situation. Can't remember if the if the pipes burst or if she had sewer, sewage going out into um, her crawl space, but the landlord was not responding and was not getting it fixed. So was she it called. A, was it a local landlord? Yes. Well, I don't. I I don't recall if he's like from the area or I know it's someone that owns quite a few properties in the area, but mm -hmm. I don't know if they're actually from here or not. I don't remember. It, it's one of the the problems <clears throat> that we're we're seeing right now as part of the housing crisis that came out of COVID was you've had a lot of um, people who bought up properties yeah. um, as as investments, and it, it's not hard to go online and see very reasonable people not being able to reach their landlords, yeah. and if they say, well, I'm not if, if try to escrow your rent or yeah. say. I'm not going to pay this. Then they'll just throw you out. There's too much power with so many of these landlords right now because of the housing crisis. Like you said, where are these people going to go? Well, and I, so through this process, I've learned a lot about there's like ways around that whole escrow thing. Like, I guess if you only have so many properties, then there's not a way for them to put it in escrow. I don't know. There's all these different rules that... I guess loopholes where they can get around having to do something like that. But yeah. regardless of that, like I feel like 
most people that would might be in that situation where they're having those issues, those issues, they might be a single parent, they've got kids, they're just trying to work and get by. I mean, they don't have the. I feel like they don't have the mental capacity just trying to survive to be thinking about. Oh, maybe I can escrow my rent. Like right. maybe I never even heard about that until we started talking about the rental ordinance. I, I would not know that if I right. was a, if I was renting somewhere, um, and I. I'm assuming the landlords don't advise their tenants about that. I sure. don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but so there is a lot of like answers that, oh, yeah, well, they could just do this. But I don't feel like that's information that was is being handed out to tenants. And I don't think that's something that most people who don't have a law background or haven't done rental kind of like things like own properties that they would know that. But um, right now, it's not really necessarily a big issue in Maumee, but the reason you put these things in place is so that that it doesn't become an issue, which is way too common around Toledo. Wow. So visually, like it does not seem to be a big issue. Um, But as you know, one of our, well, he recently um, just became our mayor. He's mayor-elect Jim McDonald. He was our council president before. He was one of our past police chiefs. And he said, you be amazed by how fine a place looks from the outside, and once you get inside, it's not at all. And so he said he's been in thousands of of residents that are not up to snuff or not like not something in which people should be living in. Sure. Um, so it might look like everything's fine, um, but it sounds like that's not the case in many of the homes. And I mean, when when the city looked into this, I mean. Our city administrator is all about academic research and looking at data, which is one of the things that I love about, you know, kind of like the reasoning and the research that he that he collects for what he's doing, um, because in it talked about, you know, single family households, the medium income getting a lot lower, more out of state um ownership of homes, like all these kind of factors are things that are common in leading to more blight and having more kind of crime issues um, and things like that. And so once again, it's trying to have some foresight as to down the road preventing things from happening. Um, So, I mean, that's why everyone on council was in favor of this. Right. There was all very good reason with a lot of good research and data to back it. Whereas the negative we always heard from from those opposing the rental ordinance had to do with lawsuits. And when I did my research on, you know, like negative impacts of rental ordinances, the only thing I could ever find were these lawsuits in which it was always landlords. I'm assuming pissed off about being, having inspections and having to register their properties, claiming that somehow shape or form, you know, pretty much they don't want people in their properties looking around. They see it as an invasion of privacy. And they also have to make upgrades, which cost things, get things up to inspection, and they just feel it's some kind of overreach, like like an unnecessary tax. Yes, and I, being someone who's pretty... I'm a, I'm a big advocate of the environment. Like I see how, unfortunately, regulations needed to make sure people do the right thing. <laughs> and I feel like it's the same thing with this. Like for a business to, because it's a business, you're mm-hmm. you're renting your home to someone else and making money off it. Like I feel like you need those regulations in pra- place just to make sure 
that you're doing the right things necessary to have that business running. If everybody was 100% moral and, and ethical and had deep integrity, we wouldn't have to have these things. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Yeah. Um, that's what, how I feel. Well, uh, we've got a couple of minutes left here. What are some good things coming up as we enter the holiday season for mommy? Um, well, I mean, I don't know about holiday specific things, but I'm really excited about some bike paths that okay. we're doing. So like Lucas County did the active transportation plan recently. And um, we updated that with all the bike paths that mommy's plan on putting in. And one of the biggest things that I'm really excited about about the bike paths that we're putting in is it's very important to our city administrator that they're separated, which I can definitely appreciate just with all the distracted driving now mm-hmm. and having kids of my own that are all about riding their bikes, not able to drive and riding their bikes to places that they want to go. Um, so having the separated bike lanes to make sure that that's not an issue with people get, you know, swerving and them getting hit, but then also a big reason for him about around having a separated bike lanes is what a lot of people don't realize is when you have that bike lane on the side of the road and people are cleaning the streets, it kind of pushes all the dirt, debris and stones in the bike lane and people cannot get hit and just wipe out on their bike from all that and then get hit by a car. Right. So, (laughs) and mommy's doing a lot of connections with some of the amazing bike trails that we have in the area. We're trying to get them through our town and connect into Sidecut and the Cannon Wabash and the Chessie Trails and things like that. So if you, I'm really excited about that. If you had a, a big megaphone and you do, because you threw me on your mailing list, which is great, <laughs> and you have written a lot, you have written some 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 tombs in the last couple of weeks, thousands of words. If you could uh, get get a, and people have the access to you and the go to council meetings and all that stuff yes. and um they can participate and i know that sometimes you're like you said single mom parents busy might not have time to do that right. if there's something you could just throw out there and everybody would hear for your constituents what would you say to them to make it easier for them and for you if they have a concern to contact council um city administrator or mayor i feel like everyone is really good about reaching back out and you can literally email us all at once with a general council email they will come to all of us and there are many if not all council members that they we always respond and we'll make it a point to talk to whoever it is we need to talk to to try to get an answer for you can, can you give me a recent example of that happening because i'm sure um, a cynic listening to this and this goes for any city is well i called them and they didn't get back to me i know i, I know that okay. well i mean with the with uh, one of the latest kind of pushback we were getting with some um residents with uh our river road project repaving project um is we we added we decreased some some lane with and added some on-street parking to try to slow down traffic um, because it's a it's a big problem on River Road and now especially since it's nice and smooth people are going to want to drive more um, but we've had a couple of residents reach out um, concerning that and with uh, you know letting us know different issues that they might have and you know I, I would either forward it to the city administrator or I'll text or call and have a conversation and same with others on council they've done the same just to make sure if he didn't see it that you know, we give him another kind of push to make sure he sees it, or we just find out the answer and are able to um, respond back. And w- one thing that our city administrator is really great at doing is coming out and meeting and having a discuss- discussion with you about it. So if you contact him about something and he's not able to, you know, satisfy kind of what you're wanting to hear, he's more than willing to come out and have a, have a face-to-face conversation and try to figure out, he, he likes to say he's always trying to find a path to a yes. Um, he's not just 
going to say no and kind of give you no more information. Um, so he tries to really explain the reasoning behind, and there's always a lot of great reasoning. Um, and he'll come out and have conversations with you because the man works way too many hours. <laughs> awesome. So I guess, yeah. I mean, we will we will get back to you. Social media, putting it out there, people aren't going to get back to you. Like, I'm not even on it anymore. It's just too, too negative and too vicious. I just do not work well in that arena so um yeah we're done <laughs> okay. thank you